Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 4th of January, 2024. Flyers back in action tonight. Uh, returning home after a four-game road trip over a week gone uh, in Western Canada, Seattle, and uh, the Alberta Clipper. Uh, Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Uh, coming right back at it and getting right back at it. Flyers traveled yesterday back from Edmonton. Um, maybe some guys will pop in for a morning skate today, all in advance of the Flyers-Blue Jackets game tonight. Uh, but this is uh, one of those spots where it, it may take uh, a lot of doing to manufacture energy. Columbus comes into this game, 39 games played, 12-19-8. They're in the bottom spot of the Metropolitan Division. They are 3-4-3 and in their last 10, and they've lost two straight games. Flyers come in, 37 games played, 19-13-5, and 43 points. Fourth spot in the Metropolitan Division. Flyers now sit 4-3-3 and in their last 10 and lost three in a row. And, of course, coming home from that trip, uh, back-to-back regulation losses, against Calgary and also the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, Flyers looking to right the ship, pull the nose up, whatever cliche you want to use. Uh, they need to get that done, and that needs to begin tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who haven't played since Tuesday. Columbus was at home on Tuesday against Buffalo. Uh, Flyers getting home yesterday, of course, from that trip. And um, Flyers will kick off a, a very busy home month of hockey. Nine games at Wells Fargo Center this month. A total of 14 games. So the home games begin tonight with Columbus, then Saturday against Calgary, and then Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins are looking, will be looking big time to avenge those uh, shootout and overtime losses the Flyers got back to back last month. Then uh, it's all uh, Montreal will visit Wells Fargo Center. Then the Flyers will go to Minnesota, Winnipeg, St. Louis. Then Dallas, Colorado, Ottawa, and Tampa will come in. Then at Detroit, and the Flyers will wrap up the month. Uh, with the Boston Bruins coming up at Wells Fargo Center on the 27th of January. So really busy stretch of hockey uh, for the Flyers, and uh, they're looking to, to get things straightened out here. That uh, trip has often been a tough trip for the team and one that uh, hurts them in the standings, maybe makes them chase it a little bit. They're not quite at the chasing the standings point just yet, but if uh, you don't get – yeah, so start getting some points in some of these games coming up over the next week and next couple of weeks in this month of January. Then you're going to be chasing it, and um, that brings in a whole nother uh, equation of mental fatigue chasing the standings uh, in the month of January in an NHL season. We've seen it here before. Um, but in this episode, so Flyers Blue Jackets tonight, and uh, Blue Jack, we're not going to do a ton of preview on the Blue Jackets. Ivan Provorov comes back to Wells Fargo Center, Johnny Gaudreau. We know all the deal. Uh, when it comes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. But what I wanted to focus on tonight, I got two things. I, I, first, I want to get to this email that I got from Karen, and then I've come up with five totally random Flyers observations that I want to go over. But first, let's get to the email. It comes from Karen. She says, uh, my husband and I listen to you daily, and I have a question that I wanted to ask. Both Tippett and Forster are right-wingers. Why is Torts using them on the left wing instead of Atkinson and Konechny? I feel like the youth ought to stick to their natural wing while learning how to play in the NHL. Thanks for your wonderful daily podcast. Sincerely, Karen. Um, look, I, th- I don't think it has anything to do with experience. I don't think it has anything to do um, with, you know, 
skill set. I think, you know, this is a body type thing to me. Look at both Tippett and Forster. Those are two players that can come in on an off wing and be more physically demanding and physically commanding. Um, they can defend better on the wall because of their size in the D zone on their backhand than a guy like Konechny and Atkinson. So I think that's a big big part of it. A lot of times, not all the time, like Mark Recchi played his off wing, but he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but he was solid as a rock. Um, but a lot of times, a guy playing his off wing are, tend to be bigger bodies. So I think it's more that um, than any other part of the equation. And I, I don't think that it's a, that big of uh, an adjustment. For players, yeah, you got you got to take, you know, in the D zone, pucks off the wall in your backhand more, whatever it might be. Um, there are also advantages to it as well. So I, I don't think it's a pronounced huge deal, to be all honest with you, Karen. But thank you for your email. All right, now time for five totally random observations about the Flyers through 37 games. This podcast can be a little shorter, as you can see. I'm struggling a little bit, not feeling well, bad headache, but. Um, these observations are just things that have popped into my head. And they're of not really a whole heck of a lot of importance, uh, but they popped into my head. And they're totally random observations. The first one that popped in my head was that Cam Atkinson seems to take more slap shots below the dot in the offensive zone than anyone I see in the NHL in a very long time. Now, why is he doing that? And, and I, I don't know... If he's always done that, or is that a product of him struggling to find the back of the net? What I do know is this. I, I remember this study that came out uh, back in 2016. It's probably updated a little bit now, but it's basically the science of scoring in the NHL. And it breaks down distance and the type of shot and the percentage of goals that are scored from there. So for from the goal line to 10 feet out, 21% of the goals are scored from that distance. 47.9 of them are wrist shots, or 17.4 are backhands, and 13.4 are tip-ins. Then when you go to the next kind of ring on the way out, this is where the most goals are scored from. 10 to 20 feet out, 34% of the goals in the NHL. Wrist shot, 53%. Backhand, 14.4. Tip in, 13.4. The, the funny thing is, is that slap shot's not even listed there. Slap shot only gets listed when you get to 20 to 30 feet out, and it's only 10.2%. Now, in the NHL, all goals scored in the NHL last year were 49% of the goals were off wrist shots. Wrist shots. 14%. Off snapshots, 12% off a slap shot, 10% deflection, and 1% wraparound. But the slap shot's kind of a dying breed because with these sticks, you can snap it. You don't need to wind it. You can snap it. And you're just not as accurate with a slap shot as you are with a, a wrist shot or a snapshot. So just a random observation. That Cam Atkinson takes a lot of slap shots from positions below the dot. Um... My second observation was that Carhartt's got some weird tape job thing going on on the stick. He was always a white tape, clean 
tape job guy. Slightly uh, towards the, the, the tip of the stick, off the heel, no tape on the heel. But now he's, he still has the same tape length. But he's doing this thing with the puck where he blackens the tape around the top edge and then t- more towards the end of the blade and then around the bottom edge. It kind of looks cool. It's not as clean looking, but it looks cool. So I'm not sure why he's doing that. It's new this season, but we'll ask him about it. Carter Hart is check it out tonight in the game. He's got some something new going on with his tape job. Um, third observation: John Tortorella and his coaching staff haven't worn a tie on the bench all season long. Not they, they wear like this zip up thing with a Flyers pin on it, and they don't wear a tie, jacket tie. In Tort's case. That's meant no sweater vest. Torts is a big sweater vest guy. It does look more comfortable. I don't think an NHL coach needs to wear a tie. I really don't. I think a coach should go out there, look presentable, and wear something that's comfortable. You don't need to be in a tie. What, what are we at? This New York Stock Exchange? But Torts has not worn a tie on the bench the entire season. Um, my next one. Um, Travis Sanheim is in constant motion. At all times on the ice. He does not stand still. Totally random observation. So I wanted to look into that. And I come to find out that Travis Sanheim has skated the most total miles of any player in the NHL. Over 125 miles that he has skated so far this season. That's pretty crazy. And it stands to reason. He's never He never stops moving. Um, two more observations. John Tortorella hates being asked about specific players on the opposition after a game. <laughs> that one gets him. Ask me about my players, ask me about my team. That's what he says. Uh, he does not want to talk about the individual performance of a player on the opposition. Uh, and last one, uh, Joel Farabee's a much better passer than I thought he would ever be. Very calm in tight spots, very calm in traffic, very calm uh, when moving up the ice, makes really good, savvy, short passes for tapping goals on the back door, doesn't panic. He's a better passer than I thought he was. So there's uh, six random thoughts for you. All right, everybody, enjoy the game tonight. Flyers, Blue Jackets, we'll break it down tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.